Hey, welcome to Transform Pain to Power, the podcast about what it really takes to resolve pain and the simple, unconventional yet proven techniques to get you there most quickly. Listen in for high-level creative conversation to inspire you to engage with the life that you want in a body that you love. Welcome to episode 46. I'm your host, pain relief specialist and mind-body coach, Molly Jager. Hi, how are you? Welcome. Today, I'm going to be sharing with you some amazing ideas and quotes from this book I just picked up at my local library. It's called Do Hard Things, Why We Get Resilience Wrong and the Surprising Science of Real Toughness. The book was written by Steve Magnus, and I wanted to share with you not only because it's like blowing me away, but also because it's so relevant for so many of us today in a world where we're encountering a lot of challenges, but also the road to really and truly resolving pain is, of course, full of challenges, and there's so much invaluable information in here that you are going to get so much out of to help you along the way. And I'm really looking forward to sharing it with you. Now, the book is about resilience. And in order to understand resilience, it's looking at people who seem to have resilience and who display resilience in their life and people who don't. And what is it that sets the people who have resilience apart from those who don't? And of course, this is all about how to move through challenges, right? And one of the things I think that's so fascinating about pain and the pain cycle and living with pain for a long time is that people often don't think of themselves as resilient. Like people who have lived with chronic pain for a while often feel fragile or feel like overwhelmed by the world or by stressors in their life like maxed out and they don't feel like they have a lot of capacity and there's this really interesting distinction to make between um, understanding how much you have done and been able to show up in your life and really acknowledging how much resilience you actually have and then learning what kind of resilience that allows you to not just show up, but to feel grounded and centered in yourself and feel like you can encounter those challenges with a sense of uh, being empowered instead of feeling overwhelmed. So you actually, I think, already have resilience, but the question is how to cultivate the quality of resilience that allows you to feel in control, that allows you to feel empowered instead of overwhelmed. And guess what? That's exactly what we're going to talk about because that is exactly what this book is all about. Now, the other reason why I think this book is so important is because it addresses, it's really addressing those challenging moments in life and how it is that some people can move through those challenging moments and stay the course and not get uh, waylaid or sidelined, that they can still stick with their goal or their purpose or keep like their center. Uh, 
and move through it. And certainly the process of resolving pain has many challenges, right? And as much as you might experience through that process, joy and excitement and relief and hope, to that same degree, you will likely also experience frustration and exasperation and feeling defeated. And it is in those moments that our awareness of what resources we have and understanding what I'm going to talk about today, it's in those moments where we feel uh, low that we can draw upon this awareness to help get us through more smoothly, to help us really have access to our resources. And I want to say that everybody has these resources, even though it seems like some people are just naturally resilient, nature versus nurture, whether they are or they aren't, doesn't really matter. What matters is that you can learn this, you can learn resilience, you can learn the components of what create resilience, and you can start to build that into your life. I think this idea that we have the capacity to create our experience of life, that we have power in curating our own life experience is one of the hardest hurdles to overcome, especially when it comes to pain and like physical sensations in our body. And it's partly because most people in the world and for most of us, the majority of our lives, we've just been living life as it comes to us. And we are creating a lot of our experience unconsciously. Our nervous system, our mind is doing that for us at the subconscious level. So we aren't aware of how much we actually participate in the reality we experience. I'll give you an example. I might've given it before. So even if you've heard it before, it's a good reminder. Once I went to a dog park, I didn't, well, it wasn't a dog park. It was a stretch of beach. I didn't realize it was also a dog park. And I was with my kid who happens to be afraid of dogs. And it's a huge expanse of land, people with and without dogs. And at some point, this big puppy comes to up to my daughter and starts jumping on her. She flips out. There's this whole scene. Uh, it was very challenging. I, at the end of this, am basically in a total freeze uh, response and trying to keep my calm. And this woman passes by me who has kind of witnessed it and calmly says, uh, did you know that this is a dog park? And I kind of did. I don't, I think I knew that a lot of people took their dogs there, but internally how I experienced that sentence was this woman is telling me that I shouldn't bring my kid here, that the dogs are more important than my kid. That was how I interpreted that sentence. All she said was, did you know that this is a dog park? And I looked at her and I said, yes, thank you. And I probably exuded so much wrath. <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, I'm sure I didn't smile. And then a few hours later, it dawned on me when I wasn't in that state anymore in total stress, it dawned on me that she might have been, who knows, 
I'm not saying she was doing one or the other, but the equally equally possible is that she was simply wanting to let me know as a way of being thoughtful and kind. Like, oh, it looks like your daughter's scared of dogs. Do you know that this is a dog park? You might want to know that so that you can protect your daughter, right? I don't know what her intention was. It doesn't matter. The point of the story is that my brain came to a conclusion based on my internal environment. My perspective played a direct role in my experience and my reality of that moment. This happens all the time. And the more that you understand it, the more you can have a say in the reality that you experience. And this is also true with pain. The more educated you are about the pain cycle, the more aware, self-aware you are of your triggers and how you respond to your environment, the more ability you have to take action, the more agency you have. That was a little bit of an unexpected digression, but I think it's so important to remind us ourselves continuously that we have power. You have power. I want you to know that. I believe that wholly and I will maintain that. And for those of you that have uh, followed me and been in my world for a while, you'll likely have seen my language evolve and my certainty in your power, in your own mind and body has grown so much more. And the more that I've grown to understand that, the better I am able to talk to you about it, to hold you to that. Because if I don't, if I wobble and agree with you that things, that life is hard, that you got the short end of the stick, that all those things, then I'm buying into your disempowerment. The more I understand your power and your ability to be in your power, the more I can speak to that part of you and that reality and draw you into it. So if sometimes what I'm saying seems harsh or insensitive, it's really that I'm intentionally aiming for your highest self and your ability to create on purpose. And one last thing I'll say about the book and why I'm loving it so much is that it is really validating my process and my approach to pain relief. And it's strengthening my awareness of how it works so well and why it works so well. And I'm going to talk about that as we go through some of these parts of the book that I want to share with you. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Okay. So the first anecdote I want to share with you comes from a study that was done that they, he talks about in the book where they were looking at soldiers who went through extreme stress and a situation of extreme stress through training and they were assessing which sh soldiers showed signs of uh, resilience and which didn't which ones were able to keep to protocol, kind of keep calm, keep centered, and which ones showed signs of being at the end of their rope, being exasperated and cutting corners and things like this. And then they were looking at what was it that was enabling the soldiers to keep their composure 
in these moments of high stress. And here's what they found. And this, this is a theme that comes up a number of times in the book, this first one. One of the biggest differences was that the soldiers who showed resilience appraised stress as a challenge instead of a threat. That's so huge, especially for chronic pain issues, because that's exactly what's happening in the nervous system. Our nervous system is mistaking a challenge for a threat, right? Instead of thinking, oh, this is going to be challenging for me. It's going to require me to really pay attention and draw on my resources. We're just sitting there thinking like, I can't do this. This is too hard. This is too painful. This is impossible, right? That's the threat mode, thinking and feeling like that. And most of this is happening on a subconscious level, by the way. Some of it is conscious, but a lot of it is just automatic. But of course, we know that we can rewire our nervous system and teach our nervous system. So check this out. Here's the other thing that's really exciting in going into that area of teaching and learning and rewiring. The other factor that um, the soldiers with resilience showed that was different was that they utilized a diverse array of methods to cope with stress and that they demonstrated a high degree of cognitive flexibility. What? So cognitive flexibility. Now, in a moment, I want to share with you what's going on physiologically that allows for this, because I want you to understand that these aren't just like extremely talented people that are exceptional and you can't learn to do this. I want to, I really want to unpack this for you so that you understand that this is achievable for you too. So in, for example, in my program, Transformational Pain Relief, uh, trans, um, Transformational Writing, which I used to call Awareness Through Writing, teaches you cognitive flexibility. And there are other things out there that you can practice that teach you cognitive flexibility. When you do it, you simply become more cognitively flexible because you give your brain data that allows your brain to perceive other perspectives. If you don't give your brain new data, new information, it only has what it knows to work from, right? So giving your brain new information, new data, new experiences, like greater awareness, then your brain starts to understand the situation and have access to cognitive flexibility, right? So it's so important to understand that knowledge, that self-awareness component is really, really important. And, and just learning about what's going on in your system is so useful. Okay, so there were two more factors that I'll share with you. One was that they processed internal signals without reacting to them. Okay, again, that's like what um, Mel Brooks's five thing, like count to five or something like this. So it's like internalizing 
that ability to pause and then engage. And the other thing that I want to share with you, the last one, and then I want to get into the physiology because that's what this is about, um, that they didn't react to negative stimuli, but instead they were able to change their physiological state. Now, that's where it seems like that's out of my hands. I can't control my physiological state. And here's what I want to share with you. You can learn ideas and information that allows you, or, or rather allows your nervous system to have a different interpretation that will then create a different physiological reaction. Are you ready for this? Okay, I'm going to find this page. Because this was actually new information to me that I wasn't aware of. And this difference kind of blew my mind. Okay, here's the distinction that this book offers, which is similar to what I offer when I say pain isn't bad. Pain might suck, we might hate it, but it actually offers something that's useful and valuable for us biologically. It has a purpose. And even spiritually, it can be useful. Definitely motivational. <laughs> okay. And in the same way, uh, he, this guy Steve Magnus says that the stress response itself isn't bad. Neither are life stressors, right? These things aren't bad. They're neutral. And in fact, each or the stress response itself is valuable because it helps us to get through these difficult moments. It's that when we don't know, when we don't have consciousness in them, when we don't have access to all of our resources or when the information we have is limited, then we aren't as able to respond as well or as effectively, right? As optimally as we could, as we are designed to do. So there are actually different kinds of stress responses. And this is what I'm going to talk about here. So he says, when we see a stressful situation as something that could cause physical or psychological harm, we're more likely to experience a threat response. A rush of cortisol and a shift toward defending and protecting. Our body unleashes a threat response when we face a demand that we aren't quite equipped to handle, right? How do we make it out of this situation with our physical and psychological health intact? We take fewer risks playing to not lose instead of playing to win. Wow. Did you catch all that? So when we perceive a threat in our mind, our brain goes, we need cortisol. And then we need to defend, protect, and retreat, right? And we're not equipped to handle this situation. So we need to just try and get out of here with our hides. How often or how recognizable is that experience for you? 
when you think about your life, does it feel familiar, this idea that you're going into a situation feeling ill-equipped, feeling worried about your ability to handle it, feeling anxious about what might happen, feeling scared? And like you want to just everybody to be happy, nobody get upset, let's not have any problems, let's have nothing go wrong, nobody say anything, please cross your fingers, cross your toes, right? So in that mode, we go into protective because our nervous system is perceiving a threat. Our nervous system is like, we need to protect self because that is the highest priority. So then he goes on to say, on the other hand, if we see the stressor as an opportunity for growth or gain, as something that is difficult, but that we can handle, we're more likely to experience a challenge response. Instead of relying mostly on cortisol, our body releases more testosterone and adrenaline. We shift toward figuring out how to win the game, how to accomplish our goal. It's not that the challenge or threat responses are good or bad. They each have a specific purpose. But when we're trying to perform at our best, seeing the world through the lens of a threat isn't what we need. We want to see the task as a challenge. How we appraise ourselves and the situation shifts the way we go. And by that, he means shifts our physiology, what gets released into the bloodstream, right? And that comes down to your perception. Isn't that wild? I find that so wild and exciting because here's where you have agency. You have agency in your ability to gather information, increase your awareness, and practice your cognitive flexibility through gaining awareness, through gaining understanding. That is totally in your hands. Even if you feel like it's not, I promise you, can be eventually if you feel like that's not your reality right now if you feel like it's not in your hands then that is something to uh, examine to look at to question and to be open to now one last thing i want to add before i close off is that look all this information i'm sharing with you today is as always in with the intention of helping you and supporting you and helping you grow. Now you could take this information and turn it on yourself and it could become self-criticism. Like I can't do that. I'm not able to do that. I don't understand. I'm not able, good enough, smart enough, whatever. None of that is true. None of that is true. It is if you're experiencing that at all, you might not be. You might not be. You might be like, this is fascinating. I'm so excited. I'm going to go get this book, blah, blah, blah. But if you are experiencing that, I just want to speak to like that as that is a state of being. That's an interpretation and you don't have to buy into it. You can simply experience it 
acknowledge that it's present, but not let it become your whole truth and nothing but the truth. There's more to you than your stress response and your fear state. I promise. I know that without a doubt. And really what this is about is understanding what's going on in your body and your nervous system so that you can get on board with it, so that you can be like, wow, this is what's happening. Okay, how can I come into this from a place of compassion and awareness and acceptance so that I can respond and provide what I need? Yeah, one of the things that he talks about as well that's so important is um, that another thing that sets people apart who have this resilience in them, who show resilience, is that they're honest about where they're at. They are honest about the task at hand and what they're capable of. And that allows them to really manage not just their expectations, but to manage their emotions as they go through the challenges that are in front of them. To be really honest with yourself and to be really honest with where you're at is the best place to be, always. So in love and compassion, I say that to you with so much love and compassion that I have for you and I hope you have for yourself and you can find that in yourself. Okay, that's it for today's episode. I'm going to be back with some more wonderful stuff from this book. I will see you next week. Hey, I've got another free workshop coming up for you. Mastering migraine relief and other tension headache issues. So many women out there are suffering from migraines unnecessarily and working with a medical system that does not understand the root cause of their migraines. And so not only do you find yourself reliant on treatments that don't address the root cause, but also aren't really giving you the results and the relief that you want anyway. So many women still find themselves, even on medication, caught in this cycle of fear and have this long list of diet triggers that they're afraid of and aren't really even clear about anyway. So I'm going to help you clear all of the confusion and get down to what the root cause actually is and how you can address it. The workshop is going to be 90 minutes. I'm going to invite you to spend 90 minutes of your time so that I can give you not just the information, but walk you through a process so that you can feel what I'm talking about because it lives this knowledge and the information that you need to know lives partly in your body and you have to experience it to understand it. So I want to give you a little taste of that in this workshop. So it's going to be absolutely a wonderful workshop. You don't want to miss it. Put it on your calendar. It's happening on January 27th, Friday, which is a Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, and I think that's 6 p.m. Uh, London time. So put it on your calendar. And if you have any friends or family members who are struggling with migraines, tell them, invite them to come with you. 
join me on Zoom and we will tackle this together. It's one of the things that I'm particularly passionate about because migraines are particularly nasty and also women struggle with them at a much higher rate than men do. And there's so many things wrong about the way that we address migraines. I'm not, I'm not gonna get into all of that right now, but all I'm gonna say is that you don't wanna miss this workshop. You don't wanna miss it. So make sure that you put it in your calendar. If you are uh, listening to this podcast, you can access a link in the show notes to sign up. Uh, you, you can find it in the Facebook group. Uh, if you're on my email list, you'll get it there. If you're not connected to me on any of these places, Facebook, Instagram, my emails, then go to www.movetonourish.com. That's movetonourish.com and make sure you get on my mailing list so you get the information and the reminder so that you don't miss this workshop. All right. Thank you for joining me today. That's what I've got for you now. I'll see you next week.